Monday, 11.36 p.m., March 25th, 12th year of Sander. Welcome to the Dominoids Podcast, Episode 7. My name is MJ, the one of the hosts, and I'm joined by my friend, Rod. What up, Dama Nerds? How you guys doing today, tonight, whatever the hell time it is you may be listening to this? Yes, whenever, because we are a worldwide show. Yes, we are. Even though we're located in Japan, everyone around the world can enjoy, jump in, and be a part of the Dama Nerds. Yeah, yeah as long as you understand English, I suppose. If you don't, it might That's be a little bit true. more difficult. But... I mean, yeah, even, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so welcome yes to uh episode 7. This is going to be another good one. We're going to have uh, a lot of good talks. Hopefully you guys are ready for it wherever you are. In the last episode, number 6, if you listened in, you might have uh, remembered that one of our 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 questions at the end was kind of a cliffhanger and we are going to revive that question and talk a little bit about it. Right now. The question from Connor with a Q. Love the show. I'm curious about the beginnings of other major companies like Kendama USA. That is a hefty question. Yes, yes. That is mostly because of our limited knowledge of that because uh, it started a long fucking time ago. Yes, it did. From what I can gather. I've heard a little bit, and I'm sure a lot of people know about it, honestly. I mean, it's no secret (laughs) that... Jero is like a very well-known photographer from the rollerblading world. So he's been around doing that for a long time. And through that, like rollerbladers have had kendamas for years. Right, right. Right? From uh, from what I've heard or seen throughout the the community, especially towards the beginning, a lot of rollerbladers. Yeah. They seem to to go together for whatever reason. Right. Very, uh, really quickly. And... That's interesting. I came from um, a skateboarding background. Yeah, me as well. And and uh, but I you don't see that connection so strong. Yeah, it's not as much. Right. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> Skateboarders and rollerbladers have an interesting relationship to begin with, which I've always True. found funny because we're all <laughs> out there doing the same thing. Just because you're wearing boots or shoes and a board, I mean, what the fuck's the difference? We're all having fun. Right. Right. You know? But anyways, <laughs> but yeah, yeah so, so Jero yes. comes from there where I am I believe he found uh, Kendama through rollerblading, if not through the ski video that J.P. Claire like right. the rest of us. But yeah. uh, either way, Jero comes from there. And so he kind of saw that Kendama was a thing. Like he showed people Kendama and people were stoked on it as, yeah. you know, as we all have seen, I'm sure. And um, so he decided to start a company doing it, which was Kendama USA. USA. Yes. And then I believe that was kind of around when they, he got in contact with, like, Colin, and then they got Zach Yord involved, and then right. they, had a, they had a contest to find the third team member, which ended yes. up being Turner, right? Turner Thorne. Yeah, and that was the original three pros, was Colin, Zach, and Turner. The three American yeah. original pros, anyways. And exactly. You can yeah. see their videos still up on YouTube. Yeah, that that is still there. I'll never forget when those came out. Yeah. The the posters that actually fun fact that those posters from the original pro mods were shot by Luke Evans, the guy who makes Grip Kendama. Oh no shit! Yeah, no shit. Whoa! The one with like the Turner Thor model was purple, right? And it was the Turner model was in like a Crown Royal bag, like that purple bag. 
the Zach Yord model was like that minty green teal kind of color, and it had yeah. like mint ice cream chocolate scoop. ice cream scoop on it. Yeah, and yeah. then Collins was the yellow, of course, with yellow. like a lemon. Yep. So the shot was like with a lemon, and yeah, yeah those were the original American-made pro models. Well, uh, China-made. Uh, yeah. <laughs> China made. Uh, American designed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Made by Americans. Oh, wait. Wait, made for Americans for by Americans. Chinese, or, or, ordered by Americans for Americans. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so as far as I know, that's the beginnings of Kendama USA. And yeah, I mean, from yeah. there stems all sorts of things. I mean, and then soon after that, they had another contest to find another pro, which was won by Alex Smith. Yep. Who also, just around that time, maybe just after, started Terra Kendama. I think Whoa. it was just... Just around that time. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah. I always thought that was super interesting to have Smith. He a was Canadian, the first like incestuous on Kendama one, USA. You know? yeah. <laughs> but then to have his own company. Yeah. Representing Canada and, and the very different like aspect of what the Kendama mm -hmm. uh the quality of the Kendama doing everything by hand. So, you know, making yeah. sure that all the wood is hand picked and, and turning it from scratch yeah it's a completely different product really when you look at it, especially right. back in those days i mean yeah oh dude yeah yeah especially back when there was like at least i'm not sure towards the very beginning you probably know more than me but it i i saw that there was it was such like a a mysterious thing there's like no one had especially over here in japan no one had or really heard of terra kendamas yeah i don't think anybody had really Heard about it much until me and Eric and our buddy Brett came to Japan for the first time in 2012. Yeah, there yeah. had been, I believe, there was a couple orders sent to Japan, maybe, maybe, and like a little bit just from like our, uh, like the Kendama Edmonton edits and stuff like that. And oh, like, okay, okay, yeah. So the like the first time Terra was ever announced was in Kendama Edmonton. Uh, was it number 12? I think, I think it was number 12, maybe 11. Oh, I can't remember which. But 11 or 12 edit, and there's, like, a little teaser at the end, and it shows Alex, like, on a lathe, the little fucking lathe they bought to start out with, <laughs> and, like, in his parents' backyard, and then Ben is there. So Alex and Ben are the two who started Terra Kendama back in the day. Okay. And then Ben is no longer a part of it. He's doing his own stuff now, so Alex is right. the, the owner Were now. Were they just but. friends? Yeah, they're good friends. And if you look at the Kendama Edmonton edits, if you watch those, Ben's in all those, and he was... Like, back in those days, man, he was the Lunar King. I remember oh. before I could ever do a Lunar, he was doing, like, Lunar flips, like, all, so, all over the place. Like, just fucking like, astronaut. It was, yeah, he was, man. He was the, the OG Dominant, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. So, talking about Ken Dama USA, I did a quick search, and uh, do you know about Damapedia.org? Damapedia. I've actually, I remember hearing about it, but I've never, like, seen it. Written April 9th, 2014, by John Akin. Oh, John Akin. That's how you pronounce it? I'm sorry. Yeah, John Akin. Akin. I thought it was like uh, like African or something. Akin. <laughs> He's definitely not African. <laughs> uh, history. Kendama USA. You want me to read this shit? Holy. It's like a, there's an article. Oh, there's damn. There's a fucking article. I was first introduced to Kendama in 2006 while in Japan working on a photo ass assignment. Our Japanese friends introduced us, introduced us to Kendama as we waited at the train stations, bus stops, and walking around the cities. They taught us our first tricks, and we became addicted immediately. Days after, we all brought our first Kendamas to downtown Tokyo 
and started sharing this amazing game with our friends when we returned home. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, do you, you don't know who John Aiken is? I, I, I've I've seen the picture of his head and his son or his child's head on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the yeah. picture of his head. That's so funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His his yeah. illustrated so, head. He's got glasses and a and a cap. He w- I don't know if he was specifically one of the owners or just one of the dudes who worked for PNW, but he yes, was PNW involved and also for Kenko back in the day. Okay. Yeah. So he worked for Ken Namako. Which is a whole other fucking story. I have a question for John Aiken, if you're listening, bud. Where the fuck is the Kenko story? We're all wondering. We've all seen the trailer. Where is it? What? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen... Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> wasn't there something? There's a few, right? I mean, there, yeah, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, the Kenjama companies that have made their own kind of long movie kind of thing. Wasn't there one from Kenko? No? No, that one never, as far as I know, it never surfaced. There was the a lot Kenko of hype story. about it. I've heard talks of, I've heard stories of what happened on the tour and things of the video. I'm pretty sure I've seen snippets of it, but I've never actually seen the Kenko story. And I fucking want to see it. I want to know what's up with it. I w- Especially now, they should do like a revision. Like, a- I mean, I I want to I want to know about the beginning shit. I know about the fucking ending shit, and that's like not a fun story. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know about the beginning of Kenko and like that that tour in specific is like there's a whole bunch of shit with that and like the Roots tour and like all this crazy shit that went down that I don't know a whole lot about. I've just heard stories and oh whew. man, which was that 2013. Yeah, I wish I was there for it, to be honest. That that being said, I was having my own adventures. If, if you've ever seen the Raw Dama versus the World edits, um, yeah. I was on Which that one? tour. We had like four? Well, there's, it was all going to be one edit. It was supposed to be Raw Dama versus the World Volume 1. And yeah. I was convinced when I was editing it that it should be broken up into four. Oh, which I don't know if I yourself. like. <laughs> I wish no, I didn't convince myself. It was like uh, I was with like that was the first time Matt Rice ever came to Canada, I believe, and he was with us in Edmonton. All oh, right. I was using Alex's laptop to edit it, and this was the first time I'd ever used like a real program to edit, and like so they were helping yeah. me how to like I don't know what the fuck I was doing. They're helping me how to do all that shit, and um, they told me that they thought it was a good idea to release it in four parts instead of one big long one, so that people yeah. would watch it more. And stuff, right, and right, right. I don't think they were wrong. I just kind of wish one was now was pretty long. I, yeah, was it like ten minutes for yeah, one? Yeah, the one? longest one is the India part, and it was ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hanging out in like street corners and like goats walking by and shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was the the goats is behind the Taj Mahal. They wouldn't let me fucking film in the Taj Mahal. They wouldn't let me bring my kendama into the Taj Mahal grounds. Those motherfuckers, Why? I they apparently will take like kids' teddy bears away and shit. Like, there's no oh, toys wow. allowed in that area. It's a very like world renowned spot. So like the security is fucking yeah, tight. World heritage. It's ti- tighter than the Indian airport, man. Like I had more trouble getting into the Taj Mahal than I did taking my fucking flight. Holy shit. That's weird. Yeah. They must have like some <laughs> sort of uh phobia of toys or something. I don't know what's they 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 must have seen me coming or something and didn't like, want me playing yo, no in there. Toys. I don't know fucking but you should see, I have a picture of me, like somebody, of course, wanted to, they, I think I had to pay them some rupees or some shit to take this picture, but it was like a, a, a picture of me just in front of the Taj Mahal, and I, I don't look happy. I'm fucking pissed, because I'm just like, I just, all I wanted was to film a fucking trick in front of the goddamn Taj Mahal, you right, sons of right. bitches, and the That's Taj Mahal right. is in a town called Agra, and Agra was like, 
I don't know if it was just because it was near the end of my India trip and I had been sick a couple times and I just like Yeah. I did not enjoy Agra as much as the rest of India. It is not my favorite place in India. That's for damn oh, sure. Whoa. Maybe it's because I got destroyed by mosquitoes that night actually. It was so hot cuz it was in the summertime oh, so I left the window open like an idiot and I remember waking up and looking at the ceiling and like it looked like it was just like a polka dot Bullshit, fucking shit dude i'm i'm not shitting like there was literally hundreds of mosquitoes i have pictures of my whole oh. body covered in fucking mosquito bites man like i don't oh, know how God. i didn't get malaria or like die of blood <laughs> loss for that fucking re- <laughs> like you know like it was fucking crazy india is a goddamn crazy place man it Whoa. was were you was traveling insane. with anyone i was with my girlfriend at the time yeah and she man. also got destroyed but not as much because she was more under the blankets than i was <laughs> Classic. Oh man, mosquitoes are the worst. Fuck those little the bastards, man. Worst. I I have like a lot of love for most living creatures, but mosquitoes <laughs> are one thing that I don't feel that bad killing. Cause, I mean, that I do and I don't. You know, I I got mixed emotions. I don't know. Really? They, yeah. They don't, there's no purpose for mosquitoes. I mean, they feed other things, right? I guess so. And actually, I do I do know that not all mosquitoes suck blood. I forgot what percent of it was, but there's a bunch that just drink nectar of fruit and shit. Not human nectar. Well, they have shitty friends. I'll tell you that. They do have (laughs) shitty friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their cousins fucking suck. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, we're getting way too far off the topic. We're talking about the Kenko story. Kenko. uh, I don't know. So, So that turned into... The Kenko story being made around the same time as the Roots tour, and yeah. how I wasn't around for all that because I was I was traveling. That's where I was getting at. So, oh. I was in Japan with the whole squad. Everybody was there for the World Cup and stuff. Or was that the World? This was in 2013, so no, it wasn't the World Cup. This was the Gloken Cup, the which was Osaka. the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Osaka. It was Gojo, in, oh. in Nara. It was in Tomosa's oh, hometown. No way. Yeah, it was a very small event. There was maybe 50 people or something in attendance. Wow. Total. Maybe not even that many. I don't even remember the name of the guy who won it. I didn't speak a lick of Japanese at the time, and I I can remember his face, but I don't know if I've seen him since, to be honest. Right, right. But uh, Well, I yeah. didn't know about that one. Yeah, it was, so there was the Gloken Cup, and that. so I was with all the, like, the Chromies were there, like Philip and Torquild and, uh, like, Matt Dakota and Trevor were traveling with me at that time and stuff. Yeah. And uh, so after that, we all went to France together, uh, me, Trevor, and Matt, and we went to the EJC to visit. Oh, uh, okay, okay. To, not to visit, to, but to go to the, the EKO, which is the – so e, I'm, I'm throwing out acronyms like crazy. E, EJC is the European Juggling Convention. Oh, which yeah. This year in particular was actually like the biggest year I think they've had in a long time. There was more than 8,000 people in attendance at this festival. Oh, damn. It just was throwing balls around? It was insane, dude. I like damn. can't even express how insane this place was. Like I rem- I'll never forget wait I was I was we were all sleeping in hammocks and I remember waking up in my hammock just hung over <laughs> as fuck and I look over it's like already noon, like 1 o'clock, whatever. So the sun's out and shit and I literally saw this dude on a unicycle with a contact ball on his head juggling just ripping around like going to the fucking next 
workshop or whatever like there were so many talented people at that place man and like so many jugglers contact jugglers like people doing poi people playing with props you've never even fucking seen even kendamas i mean (laughs) that was where where i was talking about before is the eko the european kendama open was held and so that was why we were there in the first place was to attend that and meet all the kendama players and stuff and that was the first Man. time I was really introduced to the juggling world and saw like what the fuck was going. It was insane, dude. Yeah, like so yeah, much. Yeah. I can't even tell you the the crazy shit that I saw. Like it was insanity. I bet Amazing. no, yeah, because I mean that whole art has been evolving and and has begun however many probably hundreds of years ago. Yeah, I mean, well, in that regard, kendama started hundreds of years oh, ago. Oh, that's, that's but, true. That's true. But it's not the same thing. It was never as much right, of a yeah. play thing, right? It was, exactly, because it feels like just now. I mean, in the past yeah. few years, we've seen the the tricks evolve and the oh, skill like, level like fucking skyrocket exponentially. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like on fucking roids or something. Yeah. So, like the juggling world thing kind of makes me like seeing all that and seeing where the juggling world is at. It like makes me excited to see the future of Kendama. You know, it's like Ooh. because contact just, juggle ball on the head, fucking ripping lines. I mean, people do it, man. <laughs> I've seen people do it. Like, <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there there has definitely been a few people who are who are making it really creative and and innovative stuff that isn't yeah. your average just instas and juggles and taps and it's true. Just your 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 average stuff overall, but. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, dude. How did yeah. you get how did you make all those traveling plans? How did you set it up with the people? Did you know them beforehand? Were you buddies on like YouTube? You commented on each other's videos? Yes, basically. <laughs> There's that and I was tree planting at that at that time in my life. So I was making a shit ton of money for like two or three months planting trees and then yeah. I would just go travel. So I'd hit up Japan for like the World Cup, or at that time, the Gloken Cup, and then I wanted yeah. to go to the European one, so I flew from Japan to France, which was very expensive, by the way. <laughs> and then um, after France, um, I had plans to go to India to go meet up with my girlfriend at the time and do some yoga teacher training to become well, a te- uh, yoga teacher and just to do... Yeah. I literally went to like an ashram for a month and just lived there and did yoga for a month. And wow. learn to teach yoga, so, like all day, every day, from starting at like four thirty a.m. every day. Do you do yoga. the nose jam, the where you put the water in your nose and you have it siphon yeah, ne- through the neti pot, dude? That's the tip of the iceberg, yeah. man. I did some crazy <laughs> yoga shit. <laughs> I always wanted to try that because my nose the is sutras. such shit, and I was like, man, does that thing really work? Is it there to like clear it out? Because I feel like I need to clear out my shit. So that's like a neti pot, right? In it's called a neti sutra. Yeah. In Hindi. I can't remember the name of the other one. I think it's a Jalanar Sutra. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. There's another one yeah. <laughs> that uh, instead of using water, you use an actual like rope that you push up your nose until it oh, comes God. out your mouth. And then it's like, it's to clean out your sinuses, basically. Right, right, right. And there's, I there's some people do that with the fucking snake. Like yeah. Movies or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People do that with snakes and shit. It's true. Yeah. I have, I have books and books on that shit from India. Like, it's crazy. Oh, man. Um, so the reason I was like in India was for that. But then on my way to India, when I was booking my flights, I was looking at flights and it was actually cheaper for me to stop somewhere than to go straight to India from France. So I was like, hmm. oh, OK, OK. 
And one of the places I had looked at was Egypt. And Egypt was a place I have wanted to go to since I was a kid. I've always, ever since I've heard about the pyramids, I'm sure like most people listening yeah, are nodding people. your heads right now being like, yeah, yeah the pyramids fucking, look fucking it's sick. Like Egypt, and, come on. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you right like, now, ugh. the pyramids are fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was lucky and, uh, lucky and unlucky in a way because when I went in 2013, I literally booked my flights and within like a month or two after that, was when Egypt had these crazy revolutions and they like oh, fucking killed yeah, their yeah. president and yeah. like all of this shit like and so nobody was traveling to Egypt like there was like warnings and shit but I was like well it's right. like it's a connecting flight <laughs> like I booked the flight <laughs> like the fuck like what am I supposed to do you know so I, like I'm either like if I don't go I'm like rebooking two flights which is it was expensive it was like more than a thousand dollars and I was just like uh. Oh man, it's like oh, I really want to see the pyramids. So <laughs> I kind of like I kind of waited it out and like it wasn't like right away. It wasn't right after that that I went. I didn't go until um when did I go? It was like August. Yeah, it was July August, like end of July, early August. It was yeah. early August actually. Yeah, it was like the beginning. I think I flew out like August 5th or 4th or something like that. Oh god, and, it must uh, have been like 100 plus degrees. Oh, it was hot as balls. Fahrenheit. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but, but, um, one of the, the lucky part about that was that when I was there and I was at the pyramids and shit, there was literally no tourists. I was the only one. Okay. Okay. So like when I went inside of the great pyramid, I was literally by myself. There was not another soul oh, in that pyramid. It's fucking like traveler's dream being at a Dude, spot with like no one around. I didn't want to fucking leave, man. I was, I, oh. I was pissed the fuck off though, because there's... I'm going a little deep. We're not. We're getting away from the Dama a little bit, but <laughs> anyways. So I would. I'm sure there's some people who play kendama in Egypt. Come on. <laughs> yeah, there is. I I gave some kendamas away in Egypt, so there definitely is. There we but, go. Um, so there's two major chambers in the Great Pyramid: the King's Chamber and the Queen's Chamber. King's Chamber is lower, made of black granite. The oh. Queen's Chamber is up higher and made of red granite, and they're both very different. And the King's Chamber, I've researched it a bunch and read books and stuff about it, so I know a little bit about it. And so I really wanted to see the King's Pyramid, which was my main thing that I wanted to see. But yeah, yeah. the King's uh, Chamber was all fucking blocked off. There was, like, like gates, like, installed, so you couldn't go yes, in there. Yes, yeah. So I was fucking pissed. I could only go to the Queen's Chamber, which was still really sick. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, there, I, there's, like, a big pyramids. open, like, it's not a sarcophagus, but a big, like, sarco- like a sarcophagus-looking thing, like a big box. And I just, like, got right, in, right. and I just laid down for a little bit and meditated. Oh, shut and, up, dude. Dude, it was so sick. <laughs> it was just so good. In, you just got in a stone tub. Yeah, I did. Jumped right in. in there, bud. <laughs> They're like, I'm just gonna meditate. Hold on, hold this. Hey, hold my beer while I meditate. <laughs> no, there's no beer in Egypt. It's a Muslim country, so it's hard uh, to find. But uh, but yeah, so I I went inside of two of the three major pyramids and then yeah. climbed the top of the third one. And if you've ever seen that Rod Dama versus the World 1.3 edit, there is a shot. It's shot shittily because I had a shitty little camera and I've yeah. never been much of a cameraman. If you know me, <laughs> me and technology <laughs> are not the best of friends. So. <laughs> I, I climbed the. It's called the Menkare Pyramid. It's actually the smaller of the three, but we had. I had to bribe a guard in order to get in 
early enough to catch the sunrise at like 4 a.m. Me and I, I was I met this dude who's worked at the pyramids his whole life. His name is Emad. He's the fucking homie. And if you yeah. watch that edit, you'll see him and you'll hear him at the beginning. <laughs> he's talking and he's oh yeah. The, so the camel that we were with, his name was Bob Marley. I can't even make this shit up. The the camel's oh name was Bob God. Marley. So of he's going you like to be paired up with him. Bob, Bob. Bob, like yelling Bob <laughs> at the camel, <laughs> like it's 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 in the video, dude. If you listen to it, it's, it's there. Oh shit! I have to uh, go back to that. Yeah. So the homie Emad hooked us up for me. He told me how much money I needed and like all the shit. We went wow. from I stayed at his house the night before, and we went on the camel in the morning at like three thirty, three forty a.m. to hit up the pyramid complex Damn. by about four and then yeah. we bribed this guard to come in to go sneak to the pyramid complex because you're not allowed to climb the pyramids like it's not right a thing, uh, yeah right yeah that's so not, doesn't sound like it's a thing no it's definitely not a thing so i had to but what emad told me is that anything is possible in egypt if you have the money for it so even the right. king's p- chamber that i wanted to go to if i oh, wanted to no. go to it and i want it would have cost me about a thousand dollars to go to it he told me so i Whoa. could have i just Whoa. didn't have the money yeah, yeah I, that's I ridiculous. I should have planted more trees, bud. But anyway, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on my way in, uh, I actually had a fucking AK-47 pointed at me on the back of that camel on my way into the pyramid because there was a guard dude that saw us from like over, like over way over the other way or whatever. He started screaming yeah. at us in Arabic and he's literally pointing a fucking AK at us. And oh, I'm just like, God. uh, so Emad, uh, what are you going to do about that there, bud? And, and so he, he's like, no, no worry. No problem. Like just wait here. And he like goes over and talks to the guy and then he comes back. He's like, yeah, no problem. Sure enough. Cause he's the fucking man. Of course. Oh. I, yeah, I, ex- yeah, I expected nothing less, <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh, and so we go to the pyramid, and we finally get there. And he looks at me, and he goes, "Okay, my friend, you have to keep up with me. You have to be quick." And I'm, I looked at him, and I said, "Emad, oh, no you got to keep up with me, buddy. There's no fucking way you're beating me up this pyramid." <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so I fucking ran up that pyramid, and then oh. if you've if you've seen the edit, um, there's a shot of the sunrise from the top of the pyramid you can see the other pyramids in the background the sunrise yeah, and i did a couple yeah. tricks oh, up on man, top I gotta of there watch that shit again everyone go and check this out right now yeah it was uh, a really, youtube channel really good time it's called raw dama versus the world and the egypt one specifically is 1. 1.3 so 1. it's a four 3. part because i went to four different places is japan france egypt and india and I, I'm sad to say that as sick as the EJC was and as much as I just talked about how dope it was and all the crazy shit I saw, I didn't film a goddamn thing. I was too busy enjoying it. <laughs> so the France part of my edit is definitely the weakest. It's only about like a minute and a half, two minutes long. Well, I mean, it's also like you weren't like vlogging. You were there to, to no, make I was, edit, yeah, to I was, tricks. I was there to have some fun is what I was doing. And I just wanted yeah. to make an edit while I was there. And I filmed yeah, some yeah. tricks and shit and along the way and like whatever I could. But at that point especially, I was just having way too much fun to bother myself with the camera. and just. Right. I don't regret it at all. I'm sorry, but you guys don't get to see it. It's all in my fucking head. <laughs> and you already, you already know, you know yourself well enough to be like, I'm not gonna even try to shoot this and make it look good with my potato camera. <laughs> well, I mean, there's that too. Yeah, <laughs> that's also definitely a part of the decision process, right there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we're still straying very far away from the point, anyway. So all of this was happening, and that's why I didn't 
go on the Roots tour, and I wasn't in any of that stuff. So I was with a lot of the homies along all that way, but I wasn't actually on the Roots tour. I wasn't actually with the Kenko dudes. I wasn't with, like, Weens and Smith and Yord and all those dudes that were in the van. Like, I was right, right, right. in going around the world doing crazy shit. Which is amazing. That is like that's the ticket you want in that whole uh, in in the choice of which which party to be a part of. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the only thing that they had on me was that they had all the homies, and I was just by myself. <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing. Not but the dude, whole time, come on, of course, you would have but... never met Emad or fucking Bob. Eggs or fucking Bob, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably dead now, sadly. Uh, I was just thinking, I wasn't gonna say it, but goddamn it, he probably is. He's <laughs> probably dead and being eaten. Oh. Poor guy. May he rest in peace. So to circle back, the question was Kendama companies and their beginnings. Uh, a little bit about Kendama USA. You know, there was there was that Domopedia that had actually I didn't finish the whole article, and I actually now looking at it quickly realized that it was made. The article was made by John Aiken, but it was written. The whole that article is in quotation marks, written by the Jeremy Stevenson. Jero. So. If, yeah, and it looks pretty lengthy. There's a picture of the old school, like the team. There's fucking Keith, Dave, Alex, TJ with no tattoos or beard. Uh, Yord. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Turner. I didn't know Turner was such a short dude. Like, probably like me. I'm short too. Uh, Colin (laughs) and, and Jake. A nice picture there with everyone. And there's even, yeah, there's like, highlighted names on 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 the players and looks like there's like bios that i can go to but cool i haven't seen the domopedia page in a long time i remember when it came out and there was like a whole bunch of push behind it and stuff but i never really checked it out too hard i've never been a tech guy like we were just talking about a little bit (laughs) i don't think i think this is maybe like the second or third time i've seen this thing copyright 2014 domopedia.org there's a facebook and possibly an instagram account domopedia but the instagram the logo is like the old school one where it looks like a like a 70s retro camera oh logo yeah yeah i remember that one (laughs) that's what it is so i'm guessing it's dead but it looks like an interesting article that i'm not going to read right now because everyone listening i'm going to stay right now we're we're going to have jeremy stevenson on the show we're going to do our we're going to do our damnedest he's an elusive guy on our show but we will we will definitely do our damnedest because this is a really good question. I think, you know, a lot of people are just curious about, yeah. you know, so many different companies that are out there. Yeah. And I'm sure Jero has stories outside of starting Kendama USA as well, you know, to talk about and things to talk about, even with new stuff and yeah. along the way as well. Jero's an interesting guy. Why not have him on the show and talk to him? Along right? with him, yeah. I mean, there's a million people we could talk to. I mean, this is very true. Everyone, like me and Rod, were, were sitting at the end of our last episode talking with each other and creating this massive list of yeah. all the people that we know that we could reach out to who could be interesting people and all of them you know we can definitely have on as guests hear a lot of good stories but we want to hear from you guys what do you who do you want to hear from first throw yeah. a name out there maybe you'll say someone that we didn't think about yet yeah, so on our youtube channel on our youtube channel leave a comment on our instagram page uh, or send us a message or something. We're we're he- we're here for you. <laughs> Hell yeah! We're like your parents. We're your nerdy ass parents. We're here for you. Except we're not as fucking nice. <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah, we swear sometimes, and you're okay with that. <laughs> I guess it depends on your parents. I don't know your parents individually, but <laughs> right. 
All right, we're oh, getting weird. Shit. We're we're getting weird. <laughs> we're getting weird. On to some next shit. Okay, yo, wait, wait. Uh, can 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 I say something, real quick? Yes, yes, you uh, can. Um, I need to say something. Um, Alex Mitchell is a fucking animal. Uh, Alex uh, Mitchell. Yes, so I don't know. Yes, player. I don't know if you saw his post from. I don't know if it was today or the other day. I just saw it today. He does Triple. a trick that looks like a fucking Insta juggle lighthouse trick or whatever, but it's all border balances and it's all, yeah. f- fucked. I like, yeah. I, I literally commented on it, something along the lines of like, you know that that wasn't lighthouse, right? bud? like you, you're, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the other end you want it to sit on. Yeah. But he's literally, I'm pr- I don't know if, I think it was swap. I'm not pull up. It was like swap to border Insta to like juggle Insta, some like, shit, turn or some to, shit, right? to like toss to border to Insta triple border flip, and then it yeah, fucking sits yeah, there. Yeah, and yeah. like it, it makes it look easy, man. Like I couldn't do that trick with lighthouses, and he's doing it with borders. I'm just like, what right? the fuck, man? Dude, straight up. I remember being st- and still blown away by the the solar flares that he can. Yeah, do. that's that's a whole nother thing too. Yeah, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Balancing the tama. That dude's an animal. Spike. So. Yeah, Alex, you're a fucking animal, dude. I'm not telling you to stop. I'm just saying you're a fucking animal. So ridiculous. How long has he been playing? <laughs> I, I, only, I don't. I've only I don't know. seen or uh, you know learned about him a little bit before he was he was put on the Soul Team. Yeah, I've never met the dude. I've seen his posts for a long time, but I've never met yeah. him. I've yeah. never gotten to go down south down there. So yeah, I don't know. One day I'll be. One day we'll meet Alex, and I'm gonna see your. You're gonna shred my face off. Yep. It'll be good. Yep. One hey, day. Maybe you can even be on the show or something. Let everyone hey. know all this mysterious stuff about like yeah, why you're how? so good at Kendama and how. How? And what the why, fuck? Why always with the Netflix t-shirt? Like, <laughs> I want to know these things. <laughs> that is a great question. That is a great question. <laughs> maybe that's why he's so chill doing all the fucking the border balance <laughs> shit. You know, he's Netflix, got the Netflix t-shirt so he oh, can shit. chill. Yeah. Oh man. So this Domopedia thing, this is yeah, interesting. Like you said, you haven't seen it in a long time. It seems like there is I'm let me click let me click a link. I'm going places. Haley Bischoff, sponsor, oh. Kingdom USA from Bend, Oregon. Uh and then a little bio. When did you start? Who got you into it? What's your favorite Kandama? Uh favorite tricks? How many do you own? What she owned at this time about forty five. Haley, if you're listening, do you still have 45? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more than 45. Probably add a, a, a digit, an extra digit onto that. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Haley's also on the list, in case you guys were wondering. Yes, yes. Tips for beginners. Every Anyone who's listening who's a beginner, here's a tip from Haley, not from us. <laughs> Knees, patience, listen to music while you jam, and take it with you wherever you go, because you never know when you'll have the urge to play! Exclamation point. Wise words from the young Haley Bishop. Oh, from the young Bish. Young Bish. <laughs> That's awesome. There's so much. Oh man, this is this is interesting. This old Dama information right here. But everyone, so go check it out. Leave a comment on Domapedia. Let's crash the server. <laughs> Let's crash the server. <laughs> I mean, it's still up. So hey. That's sick. Hell yeah. Yo, can can I say something? Yeah, please. So you know, in Japan, I don't know if everyone else knows. Maybe follow Instagram or something. There's this dude who lays inlays. Mm. Dot Dama. Dot Dama. You know who I'm talking about. Tune Dot Dama. I do know. And yes. he has, he gets a Kendama. 
I guess he carves out just a little sliver of of a circle, and then he, he drills a hole. He drills. A, yeah. It's a full hole. I mean, not all the way in, okay. but like a small hole. Okay. I mean, okay. the only way to make a perfect circle yeah, like that to go is deep. to use a drill bit, right? Yeah. A little, a little deep. I don't think he goes much deeper than like maybe five millimeters or something. Would be okay. My guess. Okay. I've never seen him do it. Right, I just know right. that there, it has to be a drill involved. Yeah. Like, there's no way that's just like a hand carving. Cool. Because also to make the other wood that fits in there, you have to like make, you know what I mean? Like it has to be a something. Yeah. Circular. Yeah. So, if, so if you guys don't know about this dot dama tune underscore dot dama on Instagram, and so yeah, he takes like exotic woods and he puts circle patterns all over. Yeah, he's the tamas and the cans. He's been going off lately. The latest shit he's been making is sick. I I remember like maybe two KWCs ago. I met that dude, and he he was walking around with like eight or ten fucking of those Thomas that he made oh, on wow. his neck, all tied together, literally like eight or ten of them. Yeah, like I, this dude walks up to me, and I'm just like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" Yeah, <laughs> he's got all these Thomas on his just neck. Just Thomas, and then no I started Kens? noticing. Yeah, yeah, and then I th- I don't think he had done any Kens at this point. Okay, or if okay. he did, he didn't have. I don't know, but he had a bunch of them anyway. And he was just advertising, just showing off. He literally he took a pair of scissors and fucking cut one off of his neck and gave it to me. Whoa. So I have one. Yeah, Whoa. I have one <laughs> in my stash back in Vancouver. And uh, it's one of his earlier ones, so it's not, like, super perfect. Like, he didn't do a nice job finishing it, so there's, like, you can feel, like, the the hole and stuff. Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. line up properly, but, like, the concept's there, and it still looks sick right, from, like, right, right. you know what I mean? And to see, like, the new stuff that he's been doing, like, he's obviously been honing his shit so it's cool to right? see oh man dude to be a kendama pro and come to japan the gifts you guys get it's fucking unreal <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the one year what was it 2014 or 15 i can't remember which year but when uh kazuma the guy who makes mugens made the special mugen tama the split one the the wooden one yeah with like i think it's six different woods maybe six was something it? like that more yeah it might have been eight, yeah, something like that. And he ga- he gifted one yeah. to every one of the international players. Yeah. Like we were all, I remember we had an event in a park, and we were all jamming. And I actually have some really rad pictures from that day. There's all these kids there, and we like did these little performance things nice. and hung out with everyone and just seshing. And then I remember Eric kick flipped this big four set or yeah. like five set yeah. into the grass. Dude, that was a, that was first <laughs> that was first KWC. Yeah, that so was 2014. First one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and then. Uh, yeah, and then that was the day where Kazuma showed up, and he brought a box of them, and we all got in a line, and he gave us each one of them. Damn. And yeah, it was sick. And then some assholes fucking threw them up on FKC later and sold them for 300 bucks or some yep, shit. Yep, yep, you see some of that. It's just a gift. I think it was more than that, actually. It was, it was like on eBay. Gift. I think it was like oh. a 1000 or some shit, right? actually, that somebody sold one. Before, because also after that, they released some for sale. But but it was it was rare because you could only buy it at Kendom World Cup. I remember yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, you, hey, only he has a few you... you can buy right now. And I'm like, oh, that looks nice. I'm like, what? Yeah. And they were selling them for like 250 bucks or some shit right, like that. Right, But like, there's a lot of work <laughs> those Thomas. Like, yeah. not only was it those those woods, like those six or eight woods, but it was like a box around the, yeah, dude. the, the hole as the well. The design of it like, mm-hmm. seemed intense. I'm like, wait, so how did it's, you it's super intense. make that? Yeah. Because it didn't seem like it was just like, gluing them together in a certain way it's like yeah like you could see kazuma is like really good at what he does (laughs) he really is yeah 
even recently the, there was a, a Mugen Musou that he made that instead of the box around the hole the target it has like a triangle a triangle around the hole oh okay okay oh yeah the triangle yeah yeah that yeah. had the it was like kayaki or something yeah it's a different wood inlay like a triangular yeah. inlay into the tama it's fucking sick so how the fuck did you but it doesn't go through up to the top no just the bottom part Whoa. i have an idea of how he does it and it involves some like tech machines it's definitely not all by hand otherwise it wouldn't be as perfect right. or it is by hand and he's just an animal and it takes I mean, a lot of time to do japanese it japanese craft workers are fucking some of the best when it comes down to precision yeah that's true i went to his shop when he got his new shop the one time actually it was really funny oh, yeah and uh um uh, so he invited me and a whole bunch of people there. It was like me and a bunch of Japanese homies. Yeah. And we we went there and it was when he just got this new factory and there's all this stuff set up and I was just looking around being like, Holy shit, like this is fucking sick. It's huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's got yeah. machines everywhere. And I every time I saw a machine I'd walk over to go see it kind of thing, see what's going on, and he would run in front of me and because he didn't want me to see his jigs and shit because I also make kendamas. Okay, okay. So he didn't he didn't want me to like we were talking last episode or the episode before I can't remember which about with Colin how call yeah with Colin making that edit of like him making stuff and it kind of showed one of his little jigs and he was really pissed about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so he didn't want me to see it because he didn't want me to copy his thing so that I because it's his shit that he came up with I guess or whatever. Which like, like patent I pending. get it, I don't but know how I was, to say it in English. Patent pending, yeah, patent but, pending. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'm just like, yo, if you don't want me to see it, don't let me in the shop. I like, guess chill. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it, dude. But it was funny, <laughs> man. But to go back to Toondama, and actually, that's funny because we're we're talking about uh, Iwata-san. Um, mm-hmm. He recently posted these these different tips that he oh yeah made with different types I've of seen woods. That. And it would yeah, go on different the tip. spike tips different for the kendama. Tips. Yeah, and that is very interesting. One, I remember when when the Mugen Musos came out, and he's you know Kazuma started with the that plastic tip because it yeah. don't make sense. That is one of the first things that gets dulled down in a kendama, the spike. So it's like just replace mm-hmm. it with this thing. But I mean, nobody really. It didn't take off really. I mean, nobody really liked it that much. I don't know why. Right, I kind of didn't mind it to be honest. I, yeah, it makes like spotting easier. Like that was one but, of the cool things about it, like changing the color so you could spot it easier on the turns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really that was a really cool thing. I didn't think about, you know, past just it being more durable. But I'm sure it's a pain mm-hmm. in the ass for companies to now like try to make this thing. It's got a fucking screw, and you have to make this tip. And yeah, it's more work there, for sure. Yeah, right. So. Mm. I feel like one of the main drawbacks of it is that Kendama is a wooden toy, you know, and this was a piece of plastic that you're screwing onto it. Right, right. So it's like a new design and it makes sense and there's a lot of reasoning behind it, but it's also taken away from the fact that it is this piece of wood and it used to be a fucking tree. Like it's not like... You know what I mean? It's like now it's getting into the realm of like Dendama where there's plastic involved. Like where does it stop? Or, you know, or where do you draw the to, fucking line? Going to res or like 3D printed stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean those have a little – those are different because they're like a res Kendama. They are like a 3D printed Kendama. Like this is like a wooden Kendama made from one of the most like world-renowned Kendama makers – yeah. who's been making kendamas forever and makes the arguably some of the most expensive kendamas ever sold outside of like terra hand turn stuff and shit right, like that right, right. you know um and so for them for him to like come out with something that has a piece of plastic on it i think was just a little bit too much for some people oh, you know what i mean kind of takes away from the image that. in a way yeah i that's what i think anyway huh huh 
Yeah. I just thought it was just like... I mean, you got that extra tip when you bought one. It's like, you never... I don't think anyone's ever used <laughs> it. You can't... If it's like, it's there so it doesn't get dull. I'm like, why is there two? I'm like, is it going to get dull? <laughs> but it's uh, like it's, it's just perfectly there. But this tune, Dot Dama, he made different tips out of woods. Yeah. So I'm not, that's pretty cool. I, I'm guessing that they would crack, though, cause more easier than well, possibly actually, plastic. Smith, with Smith whole, made like, one. Those the, the drill bit in it. Really? Mm. Yeah, so there's um, one of the old, like, what was the first, I forget, not the Delight Green, but the the green one that's not actually green, that's black from the first Mugen Musou oh, drop. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What Sparkling the hell is it called? I can't, Sparkling Green, yeah. The, I call it the black green because it's not really green. It's so, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's black. I got That's the one that I got oh, when man. they came out. The first prototype ones we saw, man, were so green and they looked so sick. Oh, really? And the ones that came out were just black. Yeah, sparkling green. Yeah, no, uh, but anyway, there's there is a sparkling green muso on the wall at the terrace shop oh. that Smith actually turned a wooden tip for. Nice. And that was like fucking four years ago, at least probably. Yeah. So. So that's cool. He he got the dot dama guy by a couple of years. For a couple of years. <laughs> but but only one of them. But come on, look at that. <laughs> what the fuck is that yellow wood, dude? Yellow. It may, maybe it's yellow heart. Yellow heart or that like cheese. Cheesewood? Or ebony. Cheesewood, dude. That cheesewood shit is fucking cool. Those cheesewood Vikings, I always wanted one. I really wish I got one. <laughs> they were, it was like, some of the, like it was cheese? like the softest I hope wood. They smell like cheese. Mm, it was soft. Not really. <laughs> Very soft. Whoa. So soft, dude. It was softer than any wood I've ever felt a kandala made out of. Whoa, soft like And the maple fact that it was like. It would get almost like, I don't know, weird like. No, like maple's like. Cover hard dude like i'm talking like like softer than like mahogany like like soft soft like like it was like cushiony soft like as if like the whole thing was wrapped in cushion that's crazy yeah because i never i've never seen one i don't think i touched one Mm, it was so sick man i fucking wish i bought one i fucked up (laughs) the cheese the cheese bring the cheese back we want cheese yeah at least one for your boy rod Uh, but yeah, the fact that it was also in Viking size was cool because it was like this fat cup on this big tama, and it just yeah. like just just fucking slurped into there. It was, it was good. It was, it was good dama. But yeah, so that was one thing that I saw. I was like, interesting. Yeah, the tips. I guess that's that's it's cool. I mean, I, I definitely like the color of it and how like we were saying it can be used for tracking. Mm. But the durability, it's like just a, nor- a normal Ken Dama is, is a normal spike is I don't see any problem with it. It definitely pisses me off when I get down to a nub spike. I'm not a fan and I'm not a huge fan of super gluing my spike either. That's so, funny because, yeah, me too. If you don't super glue it, you kind of get the nub like a lot faster. I usually reshape mine like not often, but like decently often. Get that. Uh, depending on how it needs it, of course. But Yeah, call up Matt. Sweets. <laughs> yeah, get that big old fucking pencil sharpener. <laughs> it works so good. Look at it go. <laughs> Look at it go. It's going all right. This is a short ass. Maybe that's why uh, my, that's why most of the sweets, the old school sweets, were so long, the tips. <laughs> so Mac could, yeah. when they dulled down, he could sharpen fucking... them. <laughs> and they could stay, you know, a, a, an all right length. Uh, fuck. That's still to this day one of my favorite Kendama videos on the internet. Just Matt but. Sweets stoked as fuck <laughs> that he can fit a Ken in a goddamn pencil sharpener. But anyways, I digress. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, so another thing to think about though with those wooden tips is that using different woods, they all have different weights and shit to them. So yeah. it's obviously not going to make a big difference, right, but right. if you were to make a spike, like say you're playing like a light kendama, like we we're just talking about cheese wood, how it's really soft and like kind of light and stuff. If you were to make like an ebony spike for that, for example, right. then it would be a lot heavier and it might make lunar sit a little bit nicer. You know, it's the same kind of idea as the butthole in a in the base cut. Right, right. But I mean that it, I don't know. I've never done it, so it might not make a big enough difference to really notice it. It but, would have to be a huge you would have to take off so much than than what's shown on this tip. It's uh, it's way too tiny. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Right. But there's also that little metal screw to hold it in there. Oh, it's an adding an, another gram, zero point zero. <laughs> hey man, grams matter when it comes to kendama shit. I mean it sounds silly, but little shit like that, like if you add that mm. to like a little butthole, then I don't know. And a but- I don't yeah. know. I'm just like I said, I've never tried it, so I don't know. I couldn't say for sure. It's just speculation at this point but very true i mean i've made kendamas where the spike itself is a different wood and just underneath the cerado there's like a joint to a different wood but those ones usually also have like whatever wood the spike is like for example the ebony and maple one i made where the spike is ebony and then the rest of it is maple uh that ebony actually goes down into the maple almost all the way to like past the slip stall probably oh just for for strength like it's not like it just stops and cuts because you gluing end grain to end grain of wood is not strong and you can't really do that so the way i do it is like drilling a hole and putting like a piece into it kind of thing so it goes in pretty deep yeah so it doesn't really have that effect with those ones now that i'm thinking about it but intense oh yeah now <laughs> it's like oh it just looks <laughs> nice it fucking looks awesome it does look awesome shit's I, I really enjoy those how did you get into turning just because you were um, at Terra and you're like hey here's some well straight up back back in the day when smith was making terras out of his parents garage in edmonton yeah i was in edmonton i was hanging out and uh he straight up was like yeah you should try and make something so i made did i make a pill first or did i make a ken first Ooh. it was the first the first can i made was definitely not a can it was more like a prison shank than a can <laughs> it was <laughs> i made it so fucking skinny it was like i i finished it and was all stoked and then i looked at it next to another one i was like oh you idiot what the fuck what have you done <laughs> it's just it was bad oh god but after that like i think it was the same day even actually i made a purple heart one and i made the whole can and it ended up being okay. It was actually playable. Nice. And that that kendama currently lives in Romania with Owase. Oh shit! I gave it to that motherfucker, and he was supposed to give me one of the new toy in town. Do you ever see that company that he made? Oh, wh- the new toy in town. It was called. That sounds so familiar. Is like back in the day yeah. from Romania. Yeah. He told me he has one of the old ones back in Romania that he was gonna send to me. Along with one of those sick fucking Savage Clown shirts that those dudes make. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen any of this shit, check out Owase's profile. Motherfucker. He owes me a kendama and a t-shirt, Owase. Come on. And a shirt. <laughs> and come hang out with me in Japan because I miss your ass, you fucker. And bring Alpha. Someone broke his yeah, leg. I, I'm going to break his fucking kneecaps for that dama. That's what I'm going to fucking... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But that's so it was just an offer from from Smith. It's like, hey, just want to try to try to yeah, mess he, with this. He straight up was like, yeah, yeah, you should try it out. And then he kind of showed me like this and that. And then I did it a little bit. And then uh, once um, he moved to Vancouver, I was already living in Vancouver for a little bit. And then when he moved to Vancouver, he wanted to open up a shop there and stuff. Oh. And once he did, 
uh, I like kind of started well, I was like, well, I'm in Vancouver. You have a shop like fucking I'm going to come work at the Kendama shop for damn sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like why the hell? Like, <laughs> you know, and so um, I basically did that and then I started doing it until I got good enough at it so I could start selling them basically. And then the more I did it, the better I got. Right. And, how long was that be- yeah. before you started selling? That's an excellent question. Was it like, um, like months? From like when I year? started turning in the Terra shop. I mean, from the first one, it was definitely like more than a year or so. Yeah. But from when I was in the Terra shop, like working and stuff, probably like four months. Yeah. Six months. That's quick. Somewhere around there. I mean, I was doing it a bunch. <laughs> yeah. I definitely had a pile of failures. My mom has like the second or third kendama I've ever made. It's I I my mom plays every once in a while a little bit. Mostly I think when I'm around. Nice. And every once in a while when she has friends over and stuff, she'll bust it out. Nice. But she has one one of like the old ones that I made. So every every time I go to my mom's house, I play with that thing a little bit and laugh at myself. And... <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, it's like definitely. watching old videos of myself play kendama too. I watch myself fucking struggling with like the shit that I do easily now yeah, and it's yeah. like it's it's interesting to watch your own progression right. in a way even though it's like in the past it's still seeing it and yeah yeah it's it's humbling in a way to look at yourself and be like wow I've really come that far that's fucking sick yeah no <laughs> your own progression is like so difficult to see in anything yeah you know, especially if, if for something like this where there's no like teacher or school that you're going through to to take tests and you're yeah. seeing like, oh, my grades are improving. I am getting better. Yeah, exactly. You just yeah, have yeah. videos, so that's why everyone should it's just, make. It's your own shit. Make an edit now, everyone. Go out. Yeah. Make an edit so you it's can look back and nice three years, five years, ten years later. Yeah. It's like a lot of the time when I was making edits and stuff, it was more about like obviously it's about the trick, but like the spot is also a part of it you know yeah. like the time you're making it like who's there with you when you're doing it it's yeah. like all of those memories like i watch these edits now and like all of those memories just flood back with every fucking shot i see it and i'm like oh that's when i went to this spot with like eric and this dude and whatever right, right, and right. like we were doing this yeah. and then after that we went and did this. like you know i have all these memories like from that yeah so it's it's fucking awesome, man. That's so, yeah, good. definitely go do yourself a favor. Do your future self a favor. Make a fucking edit. Yeah. Make a quick little, even if it's just a quick little mini edit. Yeah. You know, like two minutes, whatever. Just slap some shit like, together. I definitely recommend do it with friends though. If if it's gonna be like a place where oh, it's yeah. just down the park from your in your town or something, do it with your friends. Mm. If you're Absolutely. actually going on vacation somewhere, like Rod, maybe you're not going to Egypt and climbing pyramids and shit, but <laughs> if you're going out hey maybe just bring the camera along see if you have some time film something because you're documenting yeah and that's cool that's cool i mean i i have a bunch of uh videos that i did when me and and adam and peter my buddies were getting into kendama here and at the time my company was always sending us out to do events all over japan and of course I, I, we had our kendamas and i brought my cameras and we were just fucking we would film hell yeah and I, we have some dama travel edit where we went to different cities and shit and it's like yeah it's, it's so fun to look back it is right it's like my favorite part about it right yeah exactly it, it just circles way back to the whole kendama bringing people together and and we're getting sappy fuck that shit oh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's turn the sap into some salt. I got a fucking salty story oh, for you shit. on that note. So the first time I traveled to Japan, 
And that trip, uh, we came from Canada. We went to Japan. Yeah. And then from Japan, we took a ferry to South Korea. Oh. And then from Korea, we went to Vietnam, and we bought motorbikes in Hanoi in the north of Hanoi. And we drove all the way through the whole country down to Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City, the southern capital of Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, we went to Singapore for a bit before going back home. All right. And on that trip, I brought... Uh, a camera. I had uh, like a GoPro esque thing. It was the Contour, I think it was called. It was like a wide angle lens instead of a, a fisheye lens, okay. but like a, basically like a GoPro. Yeah. Uh, base. And I had one of those. And me and Eric were determined to make a Kendama edit. We were. That was like, we're gonna make a fucking edit. It's gonna be sick. We're doing all this cool shit. Yeah. So we filmed a whole bunch of cool tricks. Yeah. And I remember at the time. Like, this is in 2012. We were doing shit that like. Like I'd never seen before, like it's all new tricks for like all of us, yeah, you know. Yeah. And we were just fucking hyping it, like we we're learning all this shit. That was the first time I'd ever met any pros, like Colin Sander, yeah. and like, like meeting like the heads of the JKA and learning tricks from those guys, and like all this shit. Yeah, that's and, like, like the best part, or, or like one of the best parts of going to an event is to meet up with other players that are better than yeah. you, or or that do tricks differently, and you learn from them, or you just. You get that get influence. inspiration yeah. to do something that they were kind of trying, but in a different way. Oh, Absolutely, it's such, it's such a boost to the morale of. Yeah, playing. dude, and like I film, we filmed so much shit, and then like we went to Fuji Rock Festival, which is this huge oh, music shit. festival in Japan, and like we, yeah, three, we were there for like five. We went early in state oh, and damn. like shit, and like yeah, it was sick, and we saw like. The refused played, dude. You went to that Fuji one. You were, oh, oh yeah, shit. oh yeah, dude. We went fucking off at that shit, dude. I thought I was gonna kill a Japanese oh, man. It was insane. Man, I so <laughs> we wanted. Were, me and Brett were like fighting in the pit and shit. It was insane, uh, dude. But anyway, so uh, here's where the salt comes in. Uh, here's where the salt comes. <laughs> is that after Fuji Rock, I was super tired and shit. Of course, like we were up all night, like watching shows and like drinking and partying and all this shit. And then we're like getting ready to go to bed. And, like come back to the tent. And Brett's like, yo, we got to go. We're, if we don't go now, it's going to be busy as fuck. And we, like, kind of got an argument. We're like, man, I don't want to go. Fuck that. And he's like, he was insistent on it. Yo, so man. we left. And we went and we took the train and, like, all this shit. And in all the madness, I don't know what happened, but I lost my camera. My camera was in a bag. like in a, It was in a big toque, actually. Like, for you American guys, a beanie. A big beanie. A big beanie. <laughs> a, it was in a fucking toque, bud. And uh, I had all my memory cards and shit in there and everything, and it just disappeared from my backpack. Just poof, gone. I was so fucking pissed. So it was just gone. This is in Japan, like, before the rest of it, too. But we're still in Japan, so, like, I didn't lose hope. I was like, fuck, I was pissed. But we went to Akihabara in Tokyo, and I bought myself a new camera. And me and Eric started refilming. We refilmed all the shit we had already filmed, minus the Fuji Rock stuff, of course, and, like, you can't replace, but... So we and then in Korea that was our like in Korea we just refilmed all the tricks that we had filmed already yeah, in Japan. Yeah. Oh shit! And then and then we went to Vietnam and like I had this camera like on my motorbike while I'm like driving in Vietnam. <laughs> if you have never seen motorbikes in Vietnam, like fucking Google Hanoi traffic right now and look at it because it's literally like imagine like the most busy shopping mall you've ever been at where everyone is shoulder to shoulder and you're yeah, all walking down yeah. this fucking hallway and it's fucking shitty except everybody's on a motorbike. <laughs> That's what Hanoi is like. And I'm not even exaggerating. Oh, like, man. it's fucking insane. Was it, I was fucking it worse love, than, I love than it. Com- the, your recent trip to Cambodia? Actually, it is because in Vietnam, there's more bikes. Cambodia has okay, more cars okay. and tuk-tuks. Oh, God. But so, so it's like that. And like on the highways, like the A1 highway, like I've never been – 
more close to dying every day of my life than I was in Vietnam. Like it was, I'm not even exaggerating. Like I had video footage, literally like a semi truck coming at me, like on the other, like on my side of the road. Cause they don't give a fuck. They just come and they'll just what? honk their horn and flash their lights. And they're like, I'm coming and they're bigger than you. So you just move to the shoulder of the road kind of oh. thing. That's how it works there, That's dude. It's like, I fucking love the chaos, man. It's like it's so chaotic and crazy, and you would think that like there's a dead person at every fucking two kilometers, but like, I like even when there is an accident, it's like a little thing, like because people are just honed at it, like yeah, they know yeah, yeah. what's going on and they just fucking do right, it. Right, that's how it is every but, day. So I had all this video footage of all this shit, like of me almost dying, oh. all these fucking shit, and then my camera got fucking stolen out of my backpack that was in oh, my hotel no room shit. that I locked the door. In this shitty fucking city called Nha Trang in Vietnam. Fuck that city, dude. I fucking... Oh, sh- of no. all the places in Vietnam we went to, that was the one I didn't enjoy. Was Nha Trang. Because of your shit jacked. My fucking so I remember Eric filmed the trick in the hotel because there was this sick shot where he like reflected into the floor and like it was like a mirror kind of thing and like it was dope. <laughs> Get artistic, and I remember nice. that. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I remember bringing my backpack with me. We went out for dinner, and then we went back to the hotel to drop off our backpacks and shit and locked the door. There was six of us. We had a whole little wolf pack traveling through, yeah. taking over Vietnam as we went. Nice. And so we were all together, and we all went and dropped our shit off, and then we went out for the night and went to like the bar or whatever. And um, while we were out, actually, another funny part of this is about – Four in the morning or so, we're all fucking hammered and walking back to the hotel. <laughs> and um, these fucking two scooters pull up with a bunch of girls on them, like two two or three girls on each scooter. Oh, God. And they all get off, and they're all, like, literally, they all just, like, swarm us, and they're all grabbing, like, oh, you guys want boom boom? Oh, <laughs> shit. Like, trying, yeah, they're, like, trying sell to, like, seduce us. They can sell some sex and shit. Yeah, we're just, like, oh, like, I'm fucking wasted trying to go to bed, lady. That's like, why uh. they're trying to get and, you wasted four in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? And, like, they were all like over us for like it seemed like fucking five or ten minutes. There was probably thirty seconds, but <laughs> like literally, like all of a sudden, it was just like boom. They were all fucking gone and on the bikes and took off, and we were all just like, "What the fuck just happened?" And then our buddy Vincent was like, "Yo, check your shit." And then we checked, and Eric unfortunately had his iPhone pickpocketed, oh. and that was why shit. The chick must have snagged his phone, which was his other source of filming. So all of the pictures, all of the video that he had gotten yeah. was gone from that night yeah. and then on top of that the next morning we got up and we were getting ready to leave to go to the next town and shit and i could not find my fucking camera and i was freaking out i had a fucking conniption fit i was fucking like where the fuck is it? i know it was in my backpack like i fucking i was already on edge about it because i had already lost right, one yeah, right and we were yeah. refilming so yeah. i was like i fucking knew where that camera was oh. and it was gone dude i was I'm still to this day, like, I'm fucking salty as fuck right now just talking about it. Because that was, like, the Rod Dama versus the world edit except for Rod and Rick together and, like, fucking the year before. Whoa. You know, like, that that the world will never see because some Vietnamese motherfuckers stole our shit out of my fucking locked hotel room. I even tried to pay them for, uh, for like, I went to the front desk and I was like, listen, like, I know you, someone somebody has went in there. Camera. I don't. I'm like I am accepting of the fact that the camera is gone. That's fine. Oh my god! But I literally, I literally handed her a million Vietnamese dong, which is not very much money. <laughs> but like, for, I was like, I will give you a million dong right now if you give me just the memory cards. You can keep the fucking camera, or I'll just give and you one nice dong if you would like to. No. <laughs> <in exchange. laughs> 
<laughs> no, fuck that. I was not down for that. I was too pissed for that shit. All I oh, wanted was shit. the memory cards, man. Oh, I wouldn't care who it was. There's no fucking way. I was, uh, but yeah, she was like, no, you, if you want to do anything, you got to talk to the police. And of course the police didn't give a shit. And I filled the report, but it was like a piece of paper that probably got thrown in the garbage right after I walked out the door. Oh God. And yeah. yeah. And so that edit never happened. And thus the salt. Wow. (laughs) Only lived through the memories of, of this story. And now everyone who's listened to the story now knows of the edit that never was. So I'm sorry, guys. I tried my best to make that edit, but the the universe was not having it. Or and by the universe, I mean my stupid self losing the first camera the first and then some ass and then some asshole stealing my other camera. That is so ridiculous that so, you lost it the second yeah. time. Well, you didn't lose it, but Dude, it was oh, taken from you. That is. I'm like. I could understand why yeah. you're so pissed because that is such. You put in so much effort to to refilm the tricks to get another camera to. Fucking be like, all right, yeah, like, no problem. Yeah, I'm positive, yep. Rod. Like, let's just do this all yep. over again. I definitely was, man. I was. Me and Rick were just like, yo, that sucks, but oh, we can do that God. again. We got that. And like, I remember a bunch of the stuff we filmed, dude. And it was sick. Like, ugh. there you go. When you go, and I remember, I remember a lot of the spots. And like, fuck, God damn it, I'm fucking salty, well, motherfuckers. Yeah, you, you must remember since you filmed it two <laughs> times. <laughs> oh well. That is some shit. That is some I shit. made it the next year. That was part of my motivation for making Raw Dama versus the World was that oh, yeah. I had like the first year I I got fucked. Like yeah. I literally got the big old dick of the universe for fucking whatever reason. Yeah. It was, was not happening. Oh, so man. So the next year when I did that trip by myself, I was like, I am making a fucking Kendama edit in every goddamn place I go and it's gonna be sick as fuck. <laughs> I'm bringing my and camera. I, and it's I, gonna stay in my sock or something the whole time i literally i literally carried that thing with me the whole time i was so touchy about there dude when i went to the pyramids they don't allow you to bring your camera into the pyramid i argued i argued with the good dude for like fucking (laughs) oh my god dude i was i was about to fight this motherfucker over my camera i was like i am not leaving my camera with you you don't understand yeah yeah. (laughs) it's just not having it Luckily, Emad was there, and Emad took my camera for me. That dude was the home. Yeah, I I didn't know it at that time actually, because that was when I first met him, and I was that. That's a whole other story I could talk about. Getting to the pyramids and the craziness. Yeah, and yeah. Getting introduced to Emad, and I just wanted to walk E-Mad. to like through the desert to this spot, and he was just like, "Walk! You can't walk through the desert." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Watch me, motherfucker! Like it's right there. I can see the pl- the place. Like I can walk." And then, uh, yeah, and then eventually I got on the camel because what the fuck? I'm in Egypt. Why not? Yeah, get on the camel, on motherfucker. The, camel. the camel's name was Bob Marley. How do you not get on a camel named Bob Marley? <laughs> I mean, you're at the pyramid complex. This dude's telling you to get on his camel. You get on the fucking camel. Were you wearing a Bob Marley shirt at that time or something? I have never owned a Bob Marley shirt he in my probably, life, I'll be honest. He probably was just like, <laughs> he's like, one way that uh you know we, we kind of make connections and bonds to get a better tip uh, is to I see I see you know, I see maybe have yeah, fun I, with the, the tourists look at this dude dreadlocks mean, oh what's the camel's I did name have dreadlocks oh hey so, but, uh Bob Marley oh no <laughs> shit Bob Marley this is this fucking destiny right here I should be on this camel. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be that surprised but uh, he didn't tell to be fair he didn't tell me the name until afterwards oh that's good. So 
I didn't, I didn't know until I had already ridden the camel, so I don't think that was his motivation. Oh, yeah. So I, I, think, I think that camel's name actually was Bob Marley because he did call it Bob the whole time I was with him for like that whole like five days. I, I stayed at his house like for a bunch of days. That's crazy. This guy really yeah, befriended it was sick, you man. hard. Man, yeah, he, his last name was Abu Zuba, and him and his brother fucking took me around and shit. They were like, man. "You are Abu Zuba family." I fucking drove, to, told him how to, uh, taught him how to drive a car. He bought a fucking standard like stick shift car. How long were and you he in had Egypt never, for? Like a year? A week, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he had bought a car right before I got there, and he didn't know how to drive a stick shift, and so. I fucking I I remember fucking driving his whole family. Oh, there was like whoa. seven of us in this little car across Cairo to his sister's place for dinner. <laughs> it was fucking. You met his. I family. went to an Egyptian wedding. I went to a fucking wedding. I went to a wedding where where he he gave me his his galabi, like the fucking outfit that they wear there and shit. And like I went to an Egyptian wedding wearing an Egyptian galabi and Holy shit. Holy shit, was, dude! This is so much better than being on the root store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was holy pretty fucking shit sick. that is so intense that you had that experience yeah man funny okay uh, just one more snippet of oh, that the funniest thing Lord. about teaching him how to drive the funniest this is like kind of funny but kind of shitty uh, <laughs> but um so i was teaching him how to drive right a stick shift so he's driving at one point and I shit you not, as we're driving down this sandy-ass fucking shitty little tiny Cairo road, a whole gaggle of geese runs in Whoa. front of us, like a whole group of geese, like runs across the road, yeah. and so he hits the brakes, but like he kind of didn't hit the brakes quick enough, and <laughs> he kind of, he kind of, he didn't run it over, but he like pinned uh, one of the geese, oh, like shit. under the tire, so this thing's sitting there like flapping oh. its wings, <clears throat> and it's going like, wank, wank, like it's fucking stuck. <laughs> And this lady, who I'm assuming was the owner of the geese and, like, was moving them or some yeah, shit, yeah. like, herd, I, guess, I guess you can herd geese in Egypt. Oh, okay. I don't know. I've never seen it before or since. Eggs. But she's, like, yelling at the guy, being yelling at him, being like, back up. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing? Like, in all in Arabic. I don't know what the fuck she's saying. Goose. And and so I'm just, like, so I'm telling him how to put the car in reverse, <gasps> right? I'm like, okay, Imad, just pop, push the clutch oh, in, no. put it in reverse, oh, you know, slowly no. let it out. And of course, what does he do? Is he fucking pops the clutch and just fucking pops it forward right over the fucking poor duck, and so definitely killed. And the lady just looks at him, just like, ah, and just starts shaking her fucking head. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and so he gets out and he's fucking has like a screaming match with her. And I'm I don't know if he paid her for it or what, but yeah. he gets back in the car and throws the keys at me. He goes, "You drive." <laughs> <laughs> Good times, Holy man. Good shit. times. You should have had the camera rolling for that. All yeah, this I side wish I stuff. did, man. Damn, dude. If I had a camera following me at all times, dude, I would fucking have some shit to show <laughs> you. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh god. Oh man. I couldn't make this shit up if I try. Oh god. Jesus. Yeah. So we got a little away from the Dama at, at, for, for a little bit, but Just you know, it's still, it's like. This, this is, we're all talking about experiences, Experience, you know, and yeah. this is the kind of shit that I watched that Egypt edit, and this is what I think of, you yeah. know, like I see myself with the homie Emad, and he's fucking, <laughs> what does he say? I'm on the camel in the opening scene, and he goes, you are very strong, man, and you're very strong by your heart to do that while you're on a camel ride, oh. but nobody believe that. <laughs> that. That's what he says at the beginning. <laughs> talking you know, like, to you. So, like, I watch that shit. Yeah. And this is all the memories that come flooding back, whoa, man. It's all this whoa. crazy shit, you know? And, like, the world is a crazy place, so I suggest you get out and fucking see it. Oh, man, experience. Do it for the experience, everyone. 
<laughs> oh god god well, let me let me circle back um so everyone if uh you didn't know we have a patreon page ken entertainment where you can donate to us monthly uh to keep our, our this podcast rolling as well as the other ken entertainment that is put up on youtube that i produce you just started a new one i i haven't watched it yet but the dama check dama check yeah Ken Dama reviews. That's fucking sick. Uh, I, I I saw that the first one you did was the Dave mod. Yes, yes. I actually played a Dave mod for the first time the other yeah. day, and I was interested to see what you had to say, but I'm going to watch that yeah. in the next day or two. Yeah, <laughs> next day or two, or maybe in a week. It's okay. It's Rod. It's, it's yeah yeah you know. <laughs> so i'm i'm busy experiencing you know so <laughs> right uh, firsthand experiencing when you can that's probably the better bet than than watching absolutely but so yeah we got good stuff going on through there but one of the perks is that for our question and answer that we do here on dama nerds uh you get priority so we had one of our one of our donators one of our patrons um cody booth sent a message so this will be the last one for this episode because we actually didn't really open up a Q&A. Just to let you all you guys know, we had so much to talk about, but I want to get this one out before <laughs> we say goodbye. He asks, in this massive surge of modern shapes and accessories such as Lunatac, sleigh bands, base cup, holes, etc., what do you guys think the big next innovation will be? Hmm. That is an interesting question. I don't know. It's so... I mean, we kind of talked about this, what? I, I kind of feel like we had a similar question to this, or we talked about it. Yeah, it was like own. about the future of Kendama, right? And, yeah. And we were talking about Dendama and yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah. And how, like, 10 years ago, it's like, if you ask, what is this going to be like in 10 years, you're just like, it's a fucking... It's wooden, a fucking ball and cup. Ball and cup. <laughs> right, it's straight, like, it, it works fine. It's made out of wood. Like, yeah. there's... Yeah, maybe you can make it into a plastic, but no one wants to play a fucking plastic one. What about what about just the tip? Those you want this question, even but, just the tip. The so it was really hard, right, to think about what what the the innovation could be. Yeah, um, and on that note, it's still hard to think about what the innovation. So could hard, be. of course. There's like the different shapes and stuff to for. I still, I still want to see the laser string. That's my my vote laser if i get to choose i fucking hate the string so if we could do a laser string that'd be sick laser string how's it what do you mean fucking laser (laughs) i don't know just so like so i can do string tricks without the string like tangling on shit so it's just like always straight but like you know it's a laser so you can like it does it's like magic dude have you seen it's the future do you remember (laughs) a it was it was maybe like after Kendama World Cup, the first one, or after the second one or something. There's this there was this silk company or or a kimono company in Kyoto who made strings mm. that were for kendamas, and they were I didn't different patterns to the string. The way that they they wound won weave wove didn't wove what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) wove it (laughs) the way they put the string together the shits together um there was different (laughs) color combinations that they could make with like three different strings and uh the the key point why that string cost like almost 10 bucks for a string was one because it was like high grade material that they were using 
um, the way yeah. it was it was made, um, woven, and for a kendama player's standpoint, it would not turn at all. It would not get tangled from the way that it was oh, woven. That's pretty fucking cool. I actually do remember that because I believe we did an event like at the in Kyoto. Yeah, I remember they were selling kimonos and shit, and we all did little performances and stuff. And there was a bunch of us there. I remember Haley was there Whoa. and. Smith was there, and I think Dave was there, and like a few was Keith there. Keith might have been there. Yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of people there. Anyway, we all did like a little like ten or thirty second performance each, and just all got off the stage. But yeah, I I, I, I vaguely remember yeah, that. Yes, but I I but then I also remember they were like ten bucks a string, so no, I don't think anybody bought. One. Right, right, right. Because it was just for <laughs> but, a string. But it was. It, but that sounds very interesting. And it was really thick. Like if normally when you put your tama. Normally, when you put a tama onto <laughs> the <laughs> onto the cannon, if you just like put it on the table or something, the string—if you don't have it wound up—the string, you know, just lays down. But this one would or tangles like the one you're showing me right now. <laughs> yeah. But this one, it, it it was like a metal cord almost. It would stick out and like Whoa. wrap and wrap and like come back. It was like just this big curve interesting so it kept it and that's why it didn't get knotted up because mm. it, it was just so thick in a way well i'm if maybe that wasn't the event for that maybe i'm thinking of something completely different and just happened to be in kyoto oh. and i'm confusing it but <laughs> and there was kimonos being sold yeah there was kimonos being sold for sure <laughs> but i would be either way i would be super down to jam one of those now i was gonna say i maybe couldn't spend didn't want to spend 10 bucks then i might spend 10 bucks now to play right one. yeah that'd be that sounds fucking cool. It was it was interesting. Um so that's that's one thing, you know, strings or or even just strings with pattern. I think Kendama Europe had some strings with like a, a white and black pattern to them. Ooh, that was the sunrise stuff. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, the old sunrise stuff all had like the white with the notched kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's that was kind of I, I, that yeah. was kind of cool. I remember back in the day when I I like put a weird kind of design just on the white string just put black dots on it or like lines on it <laughs> and it kind of looked nice. cool i thought yeah i like the sunrise stuff for sure back in the day yeah, it was the shit yeah but there's a weird innovation of you know talking about strings just like the color of it like i remember when the the chrome team came to catch and flow one year and they used red string i think it was a second catch and flow and they had like that bright red string on their kendamas mm. And it stood out so much during the competition because it was all black in the background and like the stage was black mm. and like there's nice and bright lights like a on red it. string and yeah. you could just see that string like just pop so well. And it made hmm. all of the throwing tricks and all of like just the flow like it looked just so much nicer. Well, I feel like that's why, like, yo-yoers, like, use yeah. that bright yellow, like, neon string, yeah. right? Because they do, like, nothing but string tricks. Right. So they need to be able to see what's going yeah. on with it. Yeah. And I think it also helps, right, them as well as the judges because people have to judge Absolutely. competitions like yeah, that. Yeah. You don't know exactly where it's going, but you can see it a lot better with that. I can't tell a goddamn thing what's going on with it. I watched, like, Harrison Lee. He, he's a pro yo-yoer dude from Canada yeah. that's been the champion a few times. Whoa. and he also plays Kendama, so he comes to the terror shop every once oh, in a while. Oh, nice. I, 
I see that dude shred yo-yo, dude. I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's insane. Yeah, you just see it like go out and then it just comes back. You're like, all right. It's just like, it's like crazy cat's cradle right, fucking yeah. shit. I'm just like, <laughs> want a beer, dude? God <laughs> chill out. damn. Dude. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Smoke a joint or something, Harrison. Chill out, man. Come on. But so, so that kind of. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't chill out. You're killing it. <laughs> yeah, right. Just continue for the champions next year. I, I just got to step my shit up is the problem. So it's like I have really no idea with the Kendama evolution of things. I, I, someone has to do it and then other people will kind of piggyback and then bring it to an extreme of whatever whatever gets done, you know. Yeah, it's kind of in the works of doing that, right? With like the new stuff, like the that new Krom uh, birthday sleigh dog with like the really, really big Tomahole or like – the new like the Dave model is like bigger, you know, like it's yeah. pretty big, yeah. and like I don't know, like there's the people are already pushing the limits, you know, right, as right, to right. what it, but it's like there's also like competition standards and stuff like that, like within the JKA it's different than it is with Gloken, but it's still a competition standard, right? There has to be a line drawn somewhere, and we talked about this a little bit last episode with like where do you draw yeah, the line? Yeah, so that kind of comes into this with like how can you in like how far can you innovate and do things differently while still staying within the standard i mean without it like you can do I mean, whatever you want exactly. and, like, that's kind of like 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 the like we're like those two i just mentioned right, you know, right. like they're just pushing kendama in general if you're not going to be in a entering in a competition or a tournament where there needs to be rules you do whatever the fuck you want yeah Exactly, and like that's why people play like performers and like you know, stuff like yeah. that, and like why like I enjoy like I enjoy juggling, so like I do like the stringless two Thomas one Ken thing. You know? Yeah, like, that's yeah. Not really like regular kendama at all. Right, right. <laughs> but but it's still hella fun. Yeah. So you can do different stuff. So yeah, I would like to. It's interesting. I would like to push uh, maybe innovation or or more thought that goes into I guess maybe just as a spectator uh competitions that happen uh, specifically mm. stages uh, a lot of competitions that i've seen in the background of the stage it's just a poster or a backdrop that has all the sponsors logos on it mm, and shit yeah that makes all the tricks so fucking hard to see everything <laughs> that's being done however many spins like if you are not yeah, yeah. right up front it's really hard I see to what see you mean. i want like a flat black or white background with nothing black would be the there. best black would be the best yeah. unless they're playing the black agagash agagash uh, right <laughs> remember the chrome agagash yeah is it the is it i it's ayagak i think is how you say thank it. you i never knew yeah I, I don't know it's danish i can't i can't speak yeah, danish yeah, to save yeah. my life so but there you go agagash works well too agagash <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, unless you're playing a black kendama, but nobody plays like painted kens in competitions and stuff. Right, right. Not not any of the top competitors, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So I would like to see some some but, uh, you know thought, or I guess I, I don't know if it would be innovation, but a little more thought process going into into that aspect of it to to help out. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I like that. Right, and I remember mm-hmm. even what was it the first year of catch and flow? Remember looking down on that stage. The, oh. the 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 text the bright white text and the red accent <laughs> to it and then the dark background to it 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 looked it just fucked i remember it fucking with my eyes when i was looking down on the ground just well, yeah. not looking down at the ground like looking at my kendama but you know the, you're looking yeah, at the well, ground you're looking much. past the dama yeah. yeah and it was so weird it was like vertigo kind of weird like 
fake 3D type shit with the color contrast, <laughs> the, the, the colors they chose. So it's like, think about this kind of thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. That's an interesting way to look at it, rather than the Dhamma itself, but like how the Dhamma is portrayed. I, I like yeah, that. Yeah. That's an interesting interesting approach. Food for thought. But yeah, as far as as far as the Dhamma itself goes, I mean, these days it's already like we we're saying, like being pushed to pushed to the limits. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the fuck people are gonna come up with. I have like I would like to see things with like I know like Smith has experimented with some magnets and stuff a little bit. Oh, same but with not you, to Boo. the point where it's and same with Yumu, I was just going to say, exactly. Yeah. So, But not to the point where it's like actually super useful. It's just kind of like a fun novelty yes. thing. Yeah. But that being said, like it's a step, you know? So like, I don't know, who knows? Maybe in the future, like there's a way that like magnets can be used in a way to make it fucking cooler. Like I've always said that it would be funny and like interesting if you could make it so the magnets were like, opposite polarization so that like instead of it like sticking you make like you do a lighthouse but the can floats above it because of the magnet instead of it actually stick you know it's a whole like like alex mitchell doing borders and shit like that that motherfucker could balance it for sure (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah yeah that that'd be interesting i I don't know like or just that would be super interesting weird like is the ring dama an innovation in kendama i would say no (laughs) i would say probably not no yeah i I know it i know it i know it very well i met the dude who made it actually yeah really nice guy yeah yeah he had all these ideas with it where like you put it on the kendama so it's like a fourth cup on the kendama and stuff like that but i was kind of like but 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 Kendama already has three cups. Yeah. Like, it's like I don't know. I appreciate his enthusiasm and like he's making something new and stuff. Right, and, right, right. But I don't know. Yeah, and so far it's like all know. everything else is seems like uh, training wheels. Any kind of yeah innovative kind of that's kind of part of what makes Kendama bands. fun is that right. it's hard. Yeah, right, 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 right. But it's yeah, not like the difficulty. Right, but it's not impossible. Like there's so many exactly. fucking tricks that you can pick. And you'll from a, a a trick to try, and you can probably learn how to do it in a day, right? If you if you super like session, yeah, and like like really like really try yeah. your damnedest yeah. to do it, and like yeah, a whole day so for it damn sure. Need to be too crazy. I don't know. Put a fucking where's it, put an extra cup on the on the tip. <laughs> uh, it's fucking Luke made one of those too, dude from Grip Kendama. He made a four cup can. Oh yeah. Did you ever see it? No. He he posts. I think I think it might be on the Grip Kendama page. I don't know. If that that page is still up for sure, it has to be. I haven't, but but yeah, he he put a cup over like where the spike yeah. is. Oh, intense! Like another cup. Intense. Yeah, there was the. You, have you seen that kid that is shared sometimes on the sweets, or maybe just like once on the sweets Instagram? This Japanese little dude who has who has a top as well. I forgot what those things are called. It's uh, the coma. It's like it's like, but but no, but it's like it's like it's kind of big, and has a metal bottom. And like you see yeah, people yeah. like wrap the the string around it and you yeah can do and he those... does all tricks with yeah. it yeah yeah he's from Okinawa his name is Zero Zero Kun <laughs> I I met him and hung out with oh, him oh nice so he had yeah I remember him doing tricks where he would spin the top and he would catch it like on the spike yeah so he has a Ken that he put little holes like in the middle of the cups and like on the bird spot and yeah, the spike is a yeah, nub yeah, yeah. and it has a little bit of an indent so that the top will actually yeah, sit there yeah yeah yeah. So he he does like like big cup juggle big cup with while well, the top spinning and shit. Whoa! I tried it, dude. It is hard as fuck. I couldn't do it to save my goddamn Whoa. life. I mean, I I only tried it for like five minutes, yeah, not yeah, even. Yeah. But like, yeah, 
it's hard. Intense. A lot of people in Okinawa that play Dama are like really good at like Koma, like the spin top shit. And they can do like crazy tricks. Like, yeah, he actually gave me a Koma, so I have one now that I play with every once in a while. Nice. Like, I can't, I can't really do much. With it. I mostly play with him because he's there to teach me and shit. Right, right, right. It's more of a, it's just a pain in the ass to wrap it up every time. You have to th- like wrap it and then throw and it and sure then wrap do the, the trick. Right and, like, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I mean that's not it's not super hard to wrap it the right way. It's just a pain in the ass to do it every time. <laughs> it's like and then like you know you do it a bunch. Of, I used to teach in a Japanese school in Vancouver where I taught koma with kendama and otedama, which is like juggling yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And teaching the coma was always a pain in the ass because I'd have to fucking wrap it every time and like I would literally have blisters on my fingers yeah. at the end of the day yeah. and I didn't even te- like those weren't even long sessions you know <laughs> it was right. like, like I wasn't even good at it it's like it just and it just fucking spins I just watch it spin <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right but there's like but there's tricks dude like there's really gnarly tricks like if you've ever seen Spin Gear, is a, a shop from in Tokyo. Yep. They sell kendamas and stuff, and they have a pretty solid kendama team. But Spin Gear is like mostly based off of yo-yos and right. spin tops, so like koma, which is the Japanese word for spin tops. I said that a few times. I didn't really explain that for those of you that don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> those dudes got some fucking koma tricks. Like it's crazy. Wow. The Taka, the dude who owns the shop, yeah, yeah. is gnarly. Yeah, check check out Spin Gear's. Uh, Instagram. He has all sorts of crazy shit on there. What? It's insane. There you go. Yep. Oh, it's getting late. Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah. I mean, we again, like, it seems like that's another question that could just, you know, c- continue on and on depending on your outlook on the different things that have come yeah. out. Uh, but that's a small take on it. Again, food for thought, everyone. Think about it yourself. Maybe you'll be the next uh, innovator. Sell an idea to one of the companies. <laughs> Maybe. Or maybe you'll be the next person on our Patreon asking us a question so oh, you can shit. get it answered on the next episode. Da, da, da. Plot twists. <laughs> Plot twists. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, that's it for the Dominators. That was episode seven. Lengthy, nice, a lot of uh, good stories from Rod. Shits that I didn't even know about. Yeah, not all Dama shit, but you know, kind of Dama related in a way, like we're saying. Experiences, yeah. Dama edits, all that shit. Exactly, exactly. It all comes together. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a like, give us a subscribe. If you're hanging out on iTunes, hey, why don't you leave a review and and, and give us like a star so other people can find yeah, it. Don't be shy, guys. Come on. <laughs> so again, <laughs> thanks. That was the Dominerds. My name is MJ. And this is Rod. Episode 7 is a wrap. So, peace out, nerds. There I was completely wasting.